Welcome to the Salt and Caramel podcast from Our Lady of Mount Carmel. During this podcast, we get the gift to share others' faith stories to the whole world. My name is David Cook. I'm the stewardship director here. And with me is my always charming Jody Curtis. Jody, who's our guest today? David, our guest today is Chuck Hansen, and I'm so delighted to have, actually, I should say. Don't you mean doctor? I was just going to say that Dr. Chuck Hansen, <laughs> which I just discovered that he's a doctor. Um, so Chuck, tell our listeners a little bit more about you and your connection to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Sure. Uh, thanks for, for having me here. Um, I, I was a uh, Born and raised in Wisconsin. Actually, I was born in, in Green Bay and and um, I grew up in Wisconsin. I, I went to school at, at UW-Madison. And then um, after that, I moved to Georgia uh, uh, with my wife, Mary. And um, I got a PhD from Georgia Tech and then worked there for about 10 years. And then we moved in 2005. So 15 years ago, we moved uh, for job reasons to, to uh, Indiana and to Carmel. And at that time, we joined um, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So that was uh, uh, 16 years ago. And um, all our, the three boys, they all went to uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel and to uh, Garen Catholic High School and, and then college from, from after that. Was there any reason you guys chose Our Lady of Mount Carmel? Was it location or school or what? Yeah, it was, it was um, I work here in Carmel and, and, uh, we liked the neighborhood and liked the church when we visited and we liked the school. And so we kind of chose to live somewhere, um, you know, to make our life easier after living in Atlanta, uh, people here think the traffic is bad, but you've not been in Atlanta. So <laughs> we appreciate the short commutes and, and, uh, good schools and, 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 you know, the, uh, welcoming church. And, and so that's why we, we decided to join, um, OLMC. Yeah. Nice. We're happy to have you. Hey, Chuck, in a few sentences, what do you think, can you describe your life, what your life was like before you intimately knew Christ or had a relationship with him? Yeah, um, well, I grew up um, in the Lutheran church. So I I, I had a, a, you know, a good upbringing uh, there. Um, probably once I started going to college and, and I probably started um, not pursuing that it, uh, as closely as I you know, in retrospect that, um, you know, I, I, I probably should have. Um, and then when I met Mary, she was uh, Catholic. And for 20 years, even when we were dating and and for the first many years of our marriage, um, um, I went to the Catholic church with her every weekend. So for I figure I went to about over a thousand Catholic masses while, when I wasn't Catholic. So <laughs> I don't know if that's some kind of record or not. <laughs> Let's call the Guinness World Record. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years, fifty-two times a year, so plus holy days. So, um, but then in um, in in two thousand eleven, I, I had a, a a personal health issue where I wasn't feeling feeling right, and um, um, it, I I I I actually was trying to ignore it, but I prayed to to uh, to God about it, and. And I was hoping, you know, the answer would be, you're fine. Don't worry about it. But the answer was, you need heart surgery. And, and what happened was, you know, I, 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 I prayed, prayed to God and then turned on the television. And there actually was a, an open heart procedure, you know, 
that moment on TV. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's not too subtle. So I'll take the hint. And, and I was only, you know, in the, my early forties. So I wasn't, you know, thinking anything like that. And, um, but I went to the heart hospital and they found a 95% blockage, um, in one of my arteries that if it had become fully blocked, I probably wouldn't be here. And so they, they, they did the surgery and, and I just remember, you know, before being rolled into, into surgery, it's, it's a pretty significant surgery where they stop your heart uh, so they can work on it. They, you know, so in some sense, you're clinically dead to, you know, um, for, for a period of time. And, and there's no guarantees you're going to be making it out the other side. And, and it was, a, um, a, you know, a very difficult thing to do. I was, I was kind of very afraid. I wasn't, um, I wasn't ready to die. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to die. Um, but luckily I, the surgery went fine. I woke up, um, and, um, you know, it, in retrospect, it's, it was kind of a, a very good gift that you can get sometimes a, a near death experience, um, because it, it kind of shatters the illusion that you're invincible and are going to live forever, or you may live for, you know, 50 more years or what have you, you sometimes, uh, uh, you're not that far away. And so it, it was at that point that I decided to uh, work with Father Adam Mauman, who was here at the time. And mm-hmm. at April, I went to uh, you know, midnight mass before Easter and and joined the Catholic Church. So after a thousand uh, masses and a near experience, that was the, enough to get me, um, you know, fully committed into the Catholic yeah. Church. Yeah. So it just took stopping your heart to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yes, exactly. So it, it, you know, some, you know, it was a, a, you know, a difficult thing at the, t- at the time, but, um, but it, it, it also helped illuminate, um, you know, priorities in life. Yeah. I bet. I bet. You know, one example I've, I've given, uh, after that, um, is, um, you know, the, in the Bible, it, it does talk about building your house on on solid ground and not uh, not on sand. And when when you're kind of faced with death, you realize that it's it's a lot easier to see what's solid ground and what's not. And things that are people are think important about careers and money and uh, fame and awards and and whatever you realize really don't matter that much. And it, more about your relationship with your family and and God is ultimately what uh, should be the center of our lives. Yeah. Wow. Well said. Yeah. So, Chuck, what has your life like been since then? Since you joined the Catholic Church and built this new foundation? Yeah. You know, I've I've made progress. You know, after 2011. So now that was actually that was 10 years ago. Like uh, a couple weeks ago was. My wife reminded me was kind of like my second birthday a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, one thing I would say is that 2011, um, I, I realized, um, you know, the importance of, of, of God in my life. And, and I joined the Catholic church. I would still say that I, my, my level of faith or my level of understanding and was still very childish um, it, 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 it hadn't really, um, I wasn't actively learning about the faith as much as I, I could. 
um, learning about the history of the church, learning about the saints that have gone before us, being um, more active in, in the community as, as far as uh, uh, giving of oneself. So there, there were some steps in the right direction, but they were kind of baby steps and I had a long ways to go. And it really wasn't until about three years ago when the, the second uh, large tragedy kind of uh, uh, hit our lives. And that was the, the, um, the loss of our, our middle son, Evan. And that happened um, in, in September 10th, 2018, when he died by suicide. And at that point, we learned um, about a year later that uh, his brain had been damaged through playing 14 years of football. He had something called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is the shorthand is CTE. Um, and some people may have heard of CTE, like uh, in NFL players and other contact sport players. Um, but, but anyway, that kind of out of the blue, he was um, a senior at Wabash College. He was the captain of the football team. Um, it was just the beginning of the football season in September when out of the blue, this, this happened. And so that was obviously a, a trauma, not only to ourselves, but in, in, in our family, but I think also the, the OMC community, the Garen community, the normal mm-hmm. Wabash college, just because um, Evan was kind of so well-liked in so many places that it really struck home um, how fragile life can be. After that, I think um, it, it was a difficult time, but kind of the the immense amount of support we got through through um, our, our neighbors, our friends, the church, um, you know, the, the school communities, it really helped kind of keep us afloat. And we could see the, the, the Holy Spirit working through so many other people to, 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 you know, to, to help us move forward with our lives. And so that was kind of a big turning point personally in, in my life of just, just understanding how fragile life is, what's important in this life. Again, it, it kind of reemphasized, you know, the earlier, the earlier knowledge I had, but now I think instead of not just, well, I, I, I need to place more um, faith in God, but I, but I also need to change my life and, and to learn more about the faith and to become deeper in the faith and, and to be more active in the faith. And, and, and I think that was one of the benefits that, or, or blessings that, that came out of that is, and it's, it's not just me. Uh, I know um, Jody's son, Kip was a friend of Evan and, and Evan's loss had a big impact on him. And I can name many other people that had just as significant life transformations due to the, to the death of Evan that, um, you know, have, have gone on and, and, you know, have been personally communicated to me. And, and I don't even know the, the amount of impact he had where I, I'm not even aware of, but I, I know that has happened too. Yeah. You can just really get to see how God uses tragedy to do his work. He can make anything work for his will. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. And that's probably the, the most difficult lesson in life is, is, pain and suffering and, and loss of loved ones, especially when it's, when it's unexpected. And, um, you know, these are things that God does not want to happen, but, but um, 
you know, he, he will use them to, to turn them into, to good things that, that come out of them, even if the actual event itself was, was very devastating. Yeah. But Chuck, what do you hope to accomplish with Evan's legacy? Yeah, there's, there's several things. Um, once one, we know definitely now with, with, uh, COVID and, and the isolation, we see a lot more, uh, depression and thoughts of suicide. And, you know, I think Evan's story has helped a lot of people. I know there's people that, that are alive today because of Evan's story, you know, just realizing that, you know, if, if Evan could be having these problems, uh, then anybody can, and it, it shouldn't be a hidden issue. And that's one reason I'm talking out about it is, you know, let's not be afraid to bring this out into the public and, and talk about mental health and what can be done. Um, you know, following up after that is, is Evans, um, you know, his depression, I believe was rooted from the, the injuries to his brain, um, with, with CTE. And so, you know, that's another thing is, is, you know, I, I want to make other people and parents and communities aware of, of this is happening. It's not just a football issue. It's, it's, it's a bigger issue than that. Um, so how do we protect people's brains, especially young people? Um, you know, how do, how do we keep them healthy and, and so they can live long, productive lives? Um, and then the, the other one is Evan's story is, you know, why did so many people like Evan and, and why were, why did it, it have such an impact on his death. And, and I think it's, it's, um, you know, looking back, um, we kind of make the joke that, that Evan was kind of like, a um, a mother Teresa in a, in a linebacker's body because <laughs> he was always just smiling and doing things for little, for people. And it was all just the little things. Evan just was very respectful to everybody. And he, you know, he, he, he just worked hard and, and did the right things. And he was, he's, he was, you know, sacrificial that he, he would do things for people. And, you know, th that's why so many people liked him is because, because Evan, you know, met them as a person and, you know, and, and just did a lot of nice things for a lot of people. And so that's kind of the other legacy is just to remind people that, you know, the little things you do every day is, is your legacy. Yeah. The people, the people you touch, that's, what's important. Um, and, you know, that, that's how you need to, to live your life is, is it, it's great to think of grandiose ideas and how you're going to change the world. But if you don't actually do them, then they're just ideas. Whereas, you know, the, it's the little things you do every day and, and step out of your comfort zone and reach out to other people. Um, and even just smile at somebody, just do one little thing um, every day. And, and, um, you know, that, that, that's kind of a legacy that I, I personally have, you know, learned from Evan. And I think a lot of other people did too, um, you know, after his passing. That's great advice. You are just like, you're talking about how you didn't have a lot of practice sharing your faith and all this stuff. And you're just nailing all these key points. I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and, and part of it is, you know, a lot of it is I'm a thinker. And so I, I think a lot, a lot of stuff and, 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 I guess sometimes I, I, I've been too, too reserved to be, to, to say things. And, and I guess I'm more of a person of action than, 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 a, 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 of, 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 um, of doing things. And it's kind of funny I, today. I just finished a, a consecration to St. Joseph. 
Nice. And um, there was a 33 day, 33 day program that, that people have done. And it's, it's worth doing if, if you haven't done it already. And, um, you know, one thing I learned is that St. Joseph, not one word that he ever said is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Conscious Pilate is quoted and Satan is quoted and, and, <laughs> but, but St. Joseph, he just did all the, all the work, you know, out of faith and love and, and self-sacrifice. And he, you know, he did, he just, he, he, he carried all, carried the weight of, of taking care of Mary and, you know, his adopted son or foster son of Jesus. And, you know, he, he was just kind of in the, in the, in the back doing the work and, and listening to God and, and following through. And, and, you know, so I kind of looked to St. Joseph as a good role model for a lot of us that maybe um, aren't out there saying a lot of things, but maybe hopefully through our actions and our deeds, we're able to, in some sense, and in, in some little way, try to replicate what St. Joseph did uh, in the history of our church. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Very true. Chuck, what is uh, something that you're grateful for no matter what? I'm always grateful, you know, for, for my, my family and, and, you know, this uh, beautiful uh, home of Indiana and, and Carmel. Um, you know, when we look around the world, we, we kind of people think we're living in a bubble, but, you know, maybe that's, you know, the grace of God and, and people that have come here before have, have really made a, a great community and, and Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And what I'm grateful for, and I, and I think that's always, it's always good to have a grateful heart and it's easy to focus on, on, you know, what's wrong or the tragedies in our life or, you know, why did, why did, why isn't Evan here or, or, and, and it's, it's, it's more important. It, it, it helps a lot to just wake up and to give thanks for, for things that, if you lost them, you would be sorry that you lost them. And so you just, that, that sometimes we take for granted all of God's gifts and all God's graces. And um, we all have lists that probably are more like books of things we can be thankful for. And, you know, it, it really helps us to really, you know, sometimes deal with the, the difficult situations when we can focus on all the, the positive things we're given and, it helps us put put into perspective really everything that that has been given to us and and thanks and giving thanks to god just helps us move forward even in in difficult times yeah nice and chuck how are you becoming a better disciple or as we like to call it how are you staying salty well i will say that I've, i've i've definitely had some things to make up for, for lack of, of, of learning more about my faith. And so um, I've really learned that there's a lot of great information out there. I mean, you kind of have to look past the bad stuff, but you know, now with the internet, there's, there's so many ways to access information about um, whether it's St. Augustine or, or Thomas Aquinas or, you know, other great leaders throughout, throughout, um, you know, the, the history of our church. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of in a information learning process and it's a little bit frustrating. Maybe when we get older, it's harder to remember everything. So I know there's all kinds of good things that I learn and I forget them for sure the next day. And one, one word, someone said a, a, a good thing is, is, is to marinate it, 
you know, if you marinate something, it, it's not as if it, it gets all soaked into whatever, let's say it's a, a steak or a piece of chicken or, or whatever you're marinating, but, but something is getting in there. So that's a little bit what I think, you know, kind of with my brain and my faith, I, I kind of, I'm kind of marinating it in uh, all kinds of, of, of great uh, information from, from other theologians and, and holy people um, reading about mother Teresa and, and things like that. And it's, not all being remembered, but it's kind of soaking in there and here and there, you know, something, something will stick. And, and that's kind of something to, in our faith lives, I think if we're not moving forward, um, we're moving backwards. So it's, it's a little bit like we're paddling upstream. And if you stop paddling and just want to coast with the stream, you're not staying where you, you were, you're, you're going downstream, you're going the wrong direction. So for me, it's an active process of, of prayer, of learning, of, of being more comfortable in, in you know, the arguments uh, that are against our faith. And, and th- there are some of those. And what you learn is that, you know, a lot of the arguments against uh, uh, God and Christianity and the Catholic Church, they've all been answered before. There's good answers. You, you, you just have to learn what they are, right? <laughs> And if you don't know how to answer it, it's just because you're you're there's a level of ignorance that you can overcome. And and so, so that's something that I'm um, actively working on is to become stronger in my faith and 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 knowledgeable so that when someone asks a good question, um, you know, either you know the answer or or maybe you have some ideas about you know where to look or, or how to direct somebody um, in, in the right direction. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, we, we have learned a lot of things throughout your whole testimony. You've, you've spewed out a lot of wisdom. Some takeaways I got is the, the importance of community, uh, the importance of a firm, solid foundation to build your life, um, doing the little things well, and especially one that is overlooked. You said that God spoke to you through TV. So we should probably start watching more TV. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, God has spoken through me to me and, and, um, you know, God has spoken to me, not through TV. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, yeah. And, and, and that's not a story that I, I typically tell people again, and, and, and maybe I should, but God has spoken to me several times and it just, um, you know, uh, I guess I'm becoming more comfortable to share that with other people because maybe it could help them. And that's the only reason I'm sharing it, not because, oh, well, God spoke to you and I'm somehow more deserving than you or somebody else. And it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I was always a little bit nervous about that, but, but now I think it's, it's could be selfish if I, I don't put myself out there and, and let people know that if you do pray to God, he, he will answer you or yeah. he's answered me, maybe not every time or in the way you want or right away, but he will answer. Yeah. Amen. Did you guys hear that? Everybody who's not sharing their story with us, you're all selfish. (laughs) So sign up to be a guest for the Salted Carmel podcast. I think that's all the time we have. I think one final call to action that I want to focus on is doing the little things well, Hmm. just like Chuck mentioned. So this week, try to pick a tangible little thing that you want to do every day this week, whether it's making your bed, making 10 minutes for prayer, reading five pages a day, whatever it is, do those little things every single day this week. 
And as always, we're going to end our podcast with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, thank you for Chuck's life. Thank you for all the ways that you have spoken to him. Thank you for his, his wisdom and his boldness to share his story. Thank you for Evan. Thank you for Evan's life and Evan's legacy. We pray for the repose of his soul and that he touches more and more lives around him as we know that he already has. Lord, we ask this all in your name as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.